Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Welcome to another exciting episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Kathy, how you doing? I'm excited, Meredith. It smells like truffles in our office for some very strange reason. (laughs) It's super distracting, but we're going to do this episode and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) I put on this jacket and she she pulls me inside. She's like, why do you smell like truffles? It's not me. It's not. It turns out it's just the whole turns office out smells someone, like truffle. Somebody I think maybe is eating some, truffle fries or something. something. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we digress, as always. As always, we digress towards a conversation about food. But pulling it back, <laughs> today we want to talk about something that maybe is on our minds because it's January. So we've sort of just come through shepherding our batches of seniors through the college process. And we'd like to offer some reflection. <laughs> Yeah, if we come across salty, it's because we just finished a batch of seniors. Here is our reflection that we want to share and gift with you today. The biggest mistakes that we see high school seniors make in the college process over and over (laughs) and over and over again. Yes, in the hopes that you will share this with your child and be like, don't do this. Please please don't do this. I mean, I know sometimes we have to learn by doing, but maybe this isn't one of those moments. (laughs) Just take our word for it. Believe us. You don't want to do any of the following things. Kathy, start us off. Oh, Lord. Okay. So many things. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see and watch my seniors do is, and that is endlessly frustrating, is take advice from Mm. other Mm 17-year-olds and other well-intentioned caring adults who have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) No. Fucking idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. I'm like, well, who told you that? They're like, well, my friend's sister. And I was like, Lord, if you. <laughs> but you're just like, okay, where do I start with this? It's endlessly frustrating. And teenagers are going to do it. It's yeah. kind of like, no matter what we say and no matter how we preface the college admissions process, teenagers are going to do it. But because that's just how they're made. Like they really, they've done studies on this and they're like, what's the number one influence on teenagers in their college process? Their peers. Peer group. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to win this battle, but I would just like to, as a parent, if you're listening as a parent, please share this with your child. And if you are one of those well-intentioned, caring adults offering college advice when you have no business doing so, please stop. (laughs) Because unless you have read applications- In an admission office. Not as an alumni interviewer. Sorry, alumni interviewers. I love you. You're awesome. Thank you for your work. Your service is appreciated. (laughs) But you don't know what it's like to sit in committee, (laughs) y'all. You're not getting a look at the entire pool. But what if I'm a really good writer and I write professionally? No, shut the hell up. (laughs) Shut the hell up. But I'm in marketing. No, marketing. 
<gasps> I'm triggered. <laughs> January. This is what we're like. In I January. know. I know. It's so annoying. And if you're a parent that you're like, oh, but I went to XY school and I'm a lawyer. <clears throat> no, no, I don't care. You don't know what you're talking about. Much so like, knock it off. Yes, much like you wouldn't say give your dentist a lot of dental advice <laughs> from all the years you've spent not going to dental school. It would be wise to recognize that the admission process has folks in it who are experts who've done the work and a whole host of folks who hung, hang up a shingle and don't know what the heck they're talking about, but will try to convince you that they do. But yeah, I mean, don't whew, do not do that. Because and it confuses, like, because it hurts kids. Let's be clear. It's not yeah. just because I'm frustrated f- right. because I don't like people telling me my business. No, I'm frustrated because it hurts. It genuinely hurts kids in their yeah. process. It confuses them. It usually makes them make dumb decisions. I'm like, why did you do that? Why did you add this college to your list at the 11th hour? Why? Why? Why no. is this happening? And it's like, well, but my friend said that her sister did it and it worked. <laughs> And I'm like, but why? <laughs> or so my cousin read my essay and she said, I should change this. And I'm like, your cousin has no idea what they're talking about. We have already looked at your essay 50,000 times. <laughs> you know that Kathy is uniquely frustrated when she goes into whisper. She's not a woman who typically whispers. But I know yeah. when you're like whisper angry. Oh, I'm whispering. Then I got to run the opposite direction. I know, direction. it's so annoying because the kids, they get so confused. They get confused. Oh, and and it holds them back. It leads to bad outcomes. It just creates stress. It creates stress for parents too. It just creates, a, yeah. you know, it's already a process that will have stress kind of naturally. So why borrow trouble? Okay, sorry. Next, number two. Go, you, you go, Meredith. Okay. I think that the biggest mistake that I see students make is applying to too many REACH schools. They have no freaking balance in their list. They have a poor understanding of statistics, and they believe that the more REACH schools I apply to, surely one of them will take me, right? No. No. It's just not true. So if someone gives your child feedback that their list is too top-heavy, take that seriously. That means they're going to get a whole bunch of no's. And they always think it's a great idea in October, November of their senior year. And it feels pretty shitty in April of your senior year when you have like two options, one option or no options to choose between. So you are not probably going to be that 0.01% exception. For but highly what, but, selective schools. But Meredith, but what if I have a balanced list otherwise, and then can I just have 20 reaches? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had this. This is a real question. This is a real question. I actually just I had. have three likelies, and I have three targets, so I'm going to have 15 reaches. Yeah. Because no. who cares? Because why not? Why not? But why? Why wouldn't I do it? Okay. The reason you're not going to do that, apart from me and Kathy telling you not to do that, and you should just listen to us, is... Because there are a multitude of reasons. It's too much work for students to do well. Producing a high-quality, compelling yep. application takes time. It takes effort. It takes consideration. You are, your child's also going to be a senior, presumably in some set of harder classes their senior year. They aren't going to have the time to do that well. Secondly, my experience, this has been true in every single situation where I have had kids apply to super big lists with super top-heavy places – they don't have the time to do the research to make the case in the application why they want to go 
to that particular institution. And guess fit. how they sound. Fit people. When fit. someone like me or someone like Kathy would read that application, I didn't care if they had a 1600 on the SAT. I didn't care if they had straight A's in their most hard, difficult classes at their high school. If they couldn't articulate fit, which they won't be able to do if they apply to 25 schools, they were denied from the jump. Oh, so, yeah. So that's one reason. Uh, and the other reason I think is, is this is not the college is not a prize to be won. This is not like, let me collect as many little college trophies as I can and put them on my shelf. You can only go to one college at one time, typically, unless you're doing something weird. So be thoughtful, be targeted. It doesn't, it's it's not sort of the values that we speak about it. Certainly at, you know, I know that you address at Village and your sort of willy nilly kind of, let me see what I throw in the wall and what sticks is somebody else's number one dream school. Right. So I think it's also important to just be thoughtful. I told this to a kid the other day. I was like, when you look at the, like, let's step out of your bubble, your admission bubble for a second. And when we look at the college landscape, I was like, I know you don't care, but like, it is a very narrow bandwidth of kids who are driving up college applications. And so when you see ridiculously tiny admission rates, you are contributing to that by throwing another application in the pile. (laughs) But doesn't more equal more? Girl. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's what more crap equals more crap. That's true. It is a problem, I think, when we look at the profession of admissions mm-hmm. and when we look at the future of admissions. I mean, it's a problem. It's the wealthiest kids, usually from the most privileged and wealthiest zip codes, that are submitting all of these applications. Yeah. So the caveat that Meredith and I was put into are often put into our episodes is that we oftentimes are talking to a very narrow so bandwidth of folks. If that's you, can can you check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself? I see. I knew she I set just... that up for me. You just yeah, you said it, and I spiked it. You uh, <laughs> a sports metaphor that's from right. you. I know. Impressive. It's rare. It's rare. Impressive. <laughs> but anyways, it's so don't do it, and you just. Most kids cannot do it well. I think that they cannot, cannot. They cannot do it well. They keep well. saying they will. They're like, no, I can do it. I can do it. But you know what? When we look at it, we're like, this is not good. And I also think it's really important to establish something. A 17, 18-year-old's definition of well and say what Kathy and I would say, oh, that's a done essay. That is a compelling essay. That is seal of approval ready to be sent are very different. Very different. And often very different than what parents think would be a good essay to send. Students who work with me, for example, are working through, I don't know, nine, 10 drafts of their personal statement alone. Easily. 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 Now you add into that, I don't know, 15 to 20 other essays that vary in length Easily. from 100 words to 700 words. Yeah. No way. And you have to do that in the month of October and September? Uh uh-uh, uh. It's not happening. No. And kids are just like, I can do it. I can do it. And I'm like, no, you really can't. And colleges can tell. You can't tell because the only person's essay you're looking at is yours and maybe the five samples that you looked up online. Right. Right. Even that. And maybe your best friends that let you see theirs. Yeah. So you don't really know. And most of the stuff I see that kind of gets thrown in at the end is usually trash. It's not worth sending. But the kids are like, so what? Then I'll get denied. It's no big deal. And then the kids get the denials and then their self-esteem gets beat into the ground. They're like, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care. You know me. I'm not going to care. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Talk to me in March. I mean, I guess as a parent, my question would be for the parents out there would be, if you know that that's the posture that your child is taking, that 
that they know that they're going to be submitting a subpar application, but they're just like, I don't care. I'll just throw another one in. But that's costing you $70, $80 per application. I mean, I think that's a conversation worth having. Thank you, Meredith. And I think I agree 100%. Okay. Okay. We're moving on. Sorry. We told you, we warned you that this was going to be a salty episode and it is salty. And if you don't like our salt, you're welcome to turn it off because there's more salt coming. Who doesn't like salt? (laughs) I know. You and I, we do like- condiment ever. I know. We do like a savory treat. Anyways. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Here's another one coming from me. And this is something that I see, and it's kind of sad when I see teenagers do it and they come to my desk at the- end of junior year and they're like, okay, so I'm going to put together a college list and do that. I'm like, okay, well, you want to do the research and the things. And one of the things that I notice some of these kids do is that they've got this whole resume of stuff that they've done. They have a pretty impressive transcript. So far, you're like, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. And they're like, okay, so I think I'm a really strong candidate for some of these really selective schools. I was like, okay, potentially. But then when we dig a little deeper, they have never, ever stopped to reflect on why they're doing what they're doing (laughs) and what it is that they really value or care about, right? So when I ask them questions like, oh, so why did you do this? And they're like, well, because I knew I needed to do community service for Mm. college. And I'm like, okay, well, do you like volleyball? (laughs) And they're like... Uh, no, but I started playing when I was in seventh grade, so I just kept playing it. I'm like, do you like it? They're like, it's fine. (laughs) Okay. How about Model UN? Yeah, it's just like I kind of go to the stuff, but I'm not like super involved in it, but I've done it since freshman year. Okay, great. Well, tell me about STEM. You seem to like STEM classes. Well, yeah, I'm good at math and science. I'm like, all right, girl. (laughs) Or boy. Or non-binary. But (laughs) I'm just saying that that's not going to fly in a highly selective process. And I think that's a huge mistake kids make is that they never, ever stop to say why. They're just following a roadmap that somebody has set out before them. And they're like, I've checked all the boxes and now I'm ready to apply to college. And that's just not going to cut it these days in particular. It might have 20 years ago, actually. 30 years ago? 30 years ago. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not far enough. But 30 years ago, that might have cut it. You could have just been like, okay, I'm not. Well, the applications and, were much simpler then. Yeah. And I mean, the process was simpler. And I'm not arguing that what we have now is better. Quite frankly, I don't actually think it's developmentally appropriate. That's another episode. But colleges expect that now. Mm-hmm. Even moderately selective colleges. Mm-hmm. So we're not just talking about the most highly selective colleges. Like understanding fit, understanding who you are as a learner what kind of community you want to be a part of, what kind of community member you are, what issues in the world that you care about, all of that colleges care about. So if you have a kid who's just like living in a bubble. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? What Because what you're saying is so obvious and so often missed. What you're really saying, I mean, what I hear you really saying is, hey, everybody, remember, college is a learning environment. It is a place of learning which means that a young person's capacity to demonstrate, oh, I don't know, critical thinking matters. So when a child is asked why, (laughs) and they're like a deer in the headlights, that is how they're going to sound in their application. Yeah, The fact that they, so I think that's what gets so lost. There's so much focus on the getting in that you forget what happens when you're there. Mm -hmm. 
and it's more school. And so when you work in admission, you're trying to suss out, okay, is this a, a thinking person? Is this someone who reflects on their decisions? Is this someone who cares about why they do things? Do they have issues that matter to them? Mm-hmm. Do they pursue things outside of the classroom that help them grow and change? And can they speak to that? Can they articulate that? And if they're 17 or 18, I agree with you about this developmental sort of misalignment. And I also think developmentally, it is appropriate for an 18-year-old to be able to answer why with more than a... Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. My biggest pet peeve <laughs> is when students say, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> did I do it justice? I was like, mm-hmm. that is a child's answer. We, we will not. We will not say I don't know here. <laughs> yeah, use your words. Use your words. Use whole sentences. <clears throat> subject verbs. Objects, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> salty Meredith. Salty. <laughs> That's a little salty. Oh, we're so salty today. It's okay. It's January. We have earned it. <laughs> I know. By the way, if you have a college counselor in your high school, give them a little, give them a little love in January. They're tired. They're tie tie, so and now weary. they're about to, and now they're about to start working with juniors. I know we're weary. I thought of another mistake. Ooh, tell us. Do tell. Meredith. It's related to this lack of critical thinking, mm. and it's when you're sitting down with that like junior, maybe early in junior year, midway through junior year, and they come to you and they're all excited and they're like, "I've got my list." Like, oh, I can't wait to hear. And then you're like, I'm well, I know already. I want to, I, I know I want to study mechanical engineering <clears throat> or something in engineering. Okay, great. What's your list? Okay, so it's MIT, Carnegie Mellon, Rice, Johns um, Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, <laughs> University of Washington, Engineering School, Harvey Mudd. Oh, Lord. And it's like Caltech. You could, t- <laughs> you can totally tell that someone slipped like the U.S. News and Re- World Report ranking. In top front 10. of them. Yeah, the and they were 10. like, I like the pictures from that school. And I'm only going to pick from the top 15 of these <laughs> that schools. That one's in a city. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That one has cool boba. Like yeah, yeah. the ways the depth of decision making <laughs> is uh, not always there. So when you're choosing schools only because of name or rank, that is a really big error in judgment. For yeah. why? Well, it's not at all nuanced, and it doesn't consider fit in any way, shape, or form. And it's really – the thing is, like, I get why people do it, and I get why teenagers do it. Like, rankings are a really easy way to organize information. So it's like, okay, great. It's simplistic. Yeah. It's like, I'm overwhelmed. There's too many choices. How do I start narrowing things down? I'm not opposed to using certain lists to -hmm, start mm -hmm. narrowing down your choices. I usually start by – having kids reflect on what they want from their college experience. But what kids usually do is they go to prestige and rankings. Yeah. And I think you can incorporate that at some point, but you got to first start with fit, right? But it fit is hard and that is harder to figure out. So it's easier to just go to rankings and it's problematic. I think it doesn't feel problematic in the beginning, But at the end, it becomes problematic because especially for some of these, like the colleges you just named, which are some of the most selective colleges in the country, it's not going to work, right? You have to be able to identify the fit for the college. And it requires rigorous investigation. And I don't think, I think like wrapped into that mistake is that kids don't spend the time to do rigorous investigation. It's a lack of critical thinking. And also, I think that we need to have a separate episode on what goes into the calculation of rankings 
because it's a lot of stuff that really has very little to do with your child's undergraduate experience. It doesn't really speak to the kid's experience. So if you were to know that, maybe or if the child was to know that, maybe they wouldn't privilege those numbers as much as they, they do. do. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's like if you had to buy a new car, I'm kind of in the process of buying a new car. I haven't told you this. Exciting. Um, I know. So I'm really trying to think about, okay, right? You think about a big purchase you need to make. You have to think first about your own needs. Okay, if you have young kids, you might need a SUV because you got a lot of like crap you got to ha- haul around all the time. If you are in your midlife moment and your kids have just gone off to college, you're like, I really miss driving a fast car. And so what your own personal desires, needs are, are will drive your sort of search process will help you filter through the options and you won't go to whatever, some dealership if you know you need an all-wheel drive car and lots of big room. You're not going to go to like the mini store, right? Like you're going to go somewhere that has what you're looking for. So when it comes to the college process, students need to think first and foremost about themselves. You know, what kind of learning environment do I thrive in? What are my needs and my desires socially, academically, personally, emotionally, geographically? Establish a filter so that students can have some guideline by which they're comparing schools to. That was really hard for my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. It's one of them days. It's because we're salty. That's why. We're salty and we're tired. It's January. What are you going to do? Anyways. More mistakes? Are we out of mistakes? No, we're not out of mistakes. I want to nest a mistake. As you were talking, I was like, ooh, I got a mistake that I can nest in your mistake. It's a sub-mistake connected to to fit. Okay. If you are taking your kids to visit colleges, you better take them to some likely schools. And you know what? I say don't even take them to a reach. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Why? Go to one. (laughs) Don't go. Don't do it, people. I know everybody thinks it's so cool. Like, we're in Boston. We have but, to go see Harvard. No, but we're don't. also going to University of Virginia. You better shut the hell up, girl. <laughs> UVA, 20% admit rate. Maybe less now. Yes. Like, 18%. You know, like, it's it's a, te- it's a teen situation. It's a very highly selective. Also, when you look up admission rates online, they're all lies. That's another episode. <laughs> Those are lies. Don't look at them. Nice. The point is you really have to broaden your job as a parent Mm. is to actually broaden your own perspective on what's available. And if you don't think that you have the expertise or the capacity or capability to find those colleges, then seek out expertise from your school, from an independent counselor who knows what they're doing. Important. (laughs) Important note. But- Honestly, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes from the get-go is that parents will take their kids to go see the most selective colleges. They tend to be the most wealthy colleges. They're most well-resourced. Yeah. They're in beautiful places. Their campuses are beautiful. The facilities are amazing. And so kids are just like, oh, my God, this college is amazing. This is where I can see myself. And then they go see the target or likely school that isn't quite as fancy, they don't have as much money, but is full of amazing professors and programs and students, but they don't ever get over the brochure, right? The glossy images. Yeah. You have to move past the shiny object. You really do. And I get that it's really hard because, you know, Meredith and I have visited thousands of colleges collectively, I think. Hundreds at least. I was like, thousands is Thousands is stretched. Well, maybe hun- hundreds, hundreds for sure. Hundreds. hundreds certainly. Yeah, that, that works. And even for me, like the fancy colleges, I was like, ooh, that lunch was good. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, that 
reception was so nice in their ballroom. Like, trust me, the colleges know how to roll out the red carpet for counselors. Well, we also happened to work at a college that was particularly good at that, I would say. Our college, yes. Fight on, y'all. The University Uh, of Southern (laughs) California can put on an event. Yeah, they can put on, but you know, like... We can get swayed by that as well. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's easy to fall in love with the bells and whistles. But what I'm saying, the mistake is letting your kids use that as the barometer for which they choose their colleges, right? So when you're exploring colleges, maybe don't start (laughs) at the schools with the biggest – what's the word I'm looking for? Escape me. The biggest, you know, the money, pomp and circumstance. No, endowments, no, no. endowments, endowments. That's the word. I was like, "What's the word?" I got endowments. It. Thank you. You're welcome. The biggest endowments because they're gonna have fancy shit, and fancy shit does a fit not make. Yeah, and also I also want to point out, fancy shit doesn't always make for the best education. Again, college, more school people. Can we? I just feel like the whole. <laughs> maybe it's because my father's a professor, but I feel like the whole college is more yeah, school gets really lost. Like we have to center the learning, I, right? Uh, ideally, maybe a little. Like, Ooh, I mean, nice. don't get me wrong. I went to plenty of a football game in college. I love that part of college too. And like, I learned stuff. You you learned stuff? I sure That's did. Weird. I thought that was part of why I was there. <laughs> okay, I have another mistake. You do? Okay, yes. do it. I thought of like three more while you were talking, but I'm oh, going to stick Lord. with my original okay, one. Let's stick with one. Yeah. So I want to tell you a story that will horrify you. One time- there I was, minding my own business, <laughs> staring down the barrel of Christmas break. And so it was like December 19th. And I was so excited because I felt like all my little all my little cherubs were in a good place. And then Oh no. I had a student who was like a friend of a friend who I was working with privately. So this is part of why I didn't had they been working with me in a school setting, this would never have happened. I would not have allowed it. And they called me in sort of desperation. Retro. This child was brilliant, an amazing student who lived in French Polynesia. So she was in Tahiti. And so that was an That's interesting cool. wrinkle. It was. I mean, <laughs> That's the, cool. the yeah. Zoom background was cool. I was like, could you just turn your computer around? <laughs> and she had a very poor, her parents were not educated in the U.S. And so she was only applying to U.S. schools. And She just had really bad advice being given to her about when to start. She was obsessed with one school. And so for the entire months of August, September, and October, that was the only school she focused on. And on December 19th, she was like, I guess I should turn my attention to my other schools. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, what's on your list? Girl, 23 colleges, all of which had (gasps) either a January 1 or a January 10th deadline. It is now December 19th. She has done zero work for any of them. So yep. biggest mistake, waiting too long to get your shit done. Yep. Facts. Facts. So when should you start? Freshman year. Just kidding. <laughs> Kindergarten. <laughs> it's never too early. It's so funny because the the process, I used to start it later. I started actually earlier with kids now. It's so, I do too. It, because there's just more and it's more nuanced and it's more confusing and things are changing all the time. Yeah. And like I'm having juniors do a ton of scaffolding in yeah. preparation for writing over the summer and senior year. Oh, I start even early. Yeah. You and I start writing differently. I have my students start their personal statements junior year. Yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's smart. But then they often need to adjust it in the summer. But I think you're right. I used to start 
junior year, maybe second semester. Now I'm starting, you know, I was working in a school setting. I want to be having good conversation. I want to have conversation with freshmen about course selection, extracurricular activities, just how to, how to be in high school, how to do high school. It's not a college counseling conversation. It's a sort of high school 101 conversation. Come the end of sophomore, you know, come sophomore year, we need to have conversation about standardized testing. I want them to start thinking about, well, gosh, that stuff I tried freshman year. Do I like it? Do I want to continue it? Again, critical thinking, asking why, Mm -hmm. building in reflective moments each year. And reality checking. And reality checking. Yeah. And then junior year, we're getting in it. Yeah. Big time. No doubt. And so starting early, especially for that rigorous dive into college research, it does require. That takes a long time. It does take a long time. And more than just looking at a website. Like, I looked at the website. I like it. Ugh, if you could see my eyeballs rolling into the back of my head right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds unpleasant. The rigor. Rigor, people. Rigor, 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 rigor. But anyways, it's not really how teenagers are made. Most of them aren't, which is frustrating. Which is also why it's part of why we want them to have tighter lists because we we know we know our audience we know that they're not necessarily going to you know they're going to procrastinate they're going to delay mm-hmm. so if you've got 11 12 schools that you've really researched that and it's balanced that's so much infinitely better than you know your 21 schools or whatever nonsense is happening yep agree a thousand percent okay are we done being salty have uh-huh. we have we salted it up enough? i do i feel fully cured <laughs> Good. Well, anyways, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email us. Yes. And we will tell you all the things, our messages on the Instagram or the Facebook. The Facebooks. Or the Book of Faces. All the things. Okay, all the things. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. We hope you found it helpful. And as always, as Kathy said, give us your feedback. Woo!